0: There we go. Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today, sir? Fantastic. How about yourself? If I was any better, I would be our guest. And if you are on YouTube, you already seen him. Taking up the whole screen, because that's what he deserves. Uh, kind of looks like he's in a hostage video, but that's all right, because we're going to get him out. As soon as this interview's over, Mr. Bobby Nightingale Jr., Reds beat writer for the Cincinnati Enquirer USA Today, how are you, sir?
1: Doing well, yeah. As you mentioned, hostage video after a hundred loss season, you know, feel a little constrained, a little trapped in.
0: So I got to tell you, bud, this hundred losses in a year—how hard is it to start this off? Before we get too deep into the how the family's doing and all that stuff, how hard is it to write a story? every day for a team that loses a hundred games. See,
1: it wasn't, it wasn't too hard just because it felt like, like three and 22, it's never really been done before. You know, it's only been done by three teams in like the last 30 years, the way they finished, I, I think they were six and 20 to finish. That was hard to watch. That was three and 22 was worse baseball. Like they went a week without a lead. Um, the end of the season was at least closer games. But the talent level was so much worse. Um, that, that you you could tell it was kind of dragging on at the end, where it was just like, okay, this it's kind of the slow march to hundred.
0: Everybody was done. Every single person on that team seemed like they just. I mean, I'm outside of maybe Hunter Green, who his last start he looked good. Ladolo really didn't finish off too terrible, but we can, we'll talk about all that all that in a little bit. It felt like they averaged like a half a run a game those last 26 I don't think they scored more than three runs in a game in the last 10 games, did
1: they? Yeah, it was three runs. I think three runs maximum in the last two weeks. Um, And to me, like, if you don't score, you're always going to look flat. And that team couldn't score, and it looked very flat. And I mean, they were trying. It was just the talent level was – after they traded away all those guys, it was like it finally caught up to them, all the injuries. It was just – so many so many guys asked to do so much more than they probably should have been
0: in the beginning of the year, I was joking around with some people saying, you know we've got a a uh, a, a a team that's like they're not quite triple a team, but they're not quite a major league team somewhere between by the end of the year, we had a team that wasn't quite a double a team but maybe not even quite a triple a team so that that makes things difficult for any for any, for any franchise so doesn't look like it's going to get any better, but we'll find out. Bobby, you're off now. You've had almost a week off. What have you done with your first week?
1: It's still been kind of busy, and it usually is throughout October. Like the day after the season, talked to GM Nick Crawl, Um and it's been writing like almost a story a day. I mean, it's completely different than in the season when you're writing writing multiple stories. Um, so it's a, it's a you're unwinding that way, but it's still like. There's still news to write. There's still kind of things to wrap a bow on. Like tomorrow there will be a story up on Derek Johnson, the pitching coach, on all of the uh, starting pitchers, you know, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft. And there's still, you know, minor league stuff I haven't got into. Um, a, a lot of stories like that that I've been working on for a while. It's just kind of you had to wait till the end of the season to, to publish them. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, looking forward
0: to those because I, I, I read the, the one with Nick Kroll. Uh, the other day, and uh, what was his... He had one word that he used over and over again. I, I had it written out here. Uh, un, not undesirable. To, to talked about the whole year. Yeah. See, now I'm not going to have it. I, I had myself all ready to pull this up. Unacceptable. unacceptable. Yep. I'd say 100 losses is unacceptable. He says he. their goal every year is to make the playoffs and win a World Series. Obviously, this team... And next year's team is not going to do that. Uh, We still got another year of Otto's contract. We still have another year of Moustakis' contract. Why don't you help us out and let everyone know all the unknowns about next year's Reds roster?
1: Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it's going to be somewhat closer to what you saw at the end of September. Um, I mean, you'll get some guys back like Joey Votto he might not be ready for opening day after surgery on his shoulder and his labrum uh, and his bicep, but um, he'll be, he'll be back at some point. Tyler Stevenson should be ready for the start of the season, um, a healthy Jonathan India. But unfortunately, I mean, I, I don't think they're going to do a ton in free agency. I don't think they're going to do a ton through trades in the off season. Um, so the team that you saw finish the season, I think, is kind of going to 2023, kind of the group you're going to start with. Um, you now the hope is, I mean, I, they they can say they want to win World Series and make the playoffs, but next year is going to be a transition year. Um, I mean, to me, success is if Ellie De La Cruz is in the big leagues and having success next year. If Jose Barrero's having success, if Matt McClain's having success, some of these top prospects are finally contributing and up. Um, you know, it, it, it'll look a lot better than it did at the end of the season. And obviously, you need those three starting pitchers that pitched well at the end of the season to kind of carry that into 2023 too.
0: You had three rookie pitchers this year. And that, that stood out and looked really well. Um, Ashcroft, Hunter Green, and Ladolo. That's obviously going to be what the core of that pitching staff is going to look like for the next, hopefully six years. And they continue to get better Uh, outside of them. Is it going to be just a plethora of minor league talent or, or, is there somebody that is ready to make that, that is good enough to be a major league talent that can
1: support them next year? No, it'll be prospects to start off. I mean, if they were ready, they would have came up at the end of the season. I mean, they, you know, they were starting guys like TJ Zoic, um, Espinal, right. uh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're starting That's some guys good. that, you know, they got up for the first time or first time in a long time and, had a chance to pitch, but it wasn't like those guys are the core of your future. Um, you know, Chase Anderson, he's a free agent. Maybe he comes back. Um, he really wants to come back. So, you know, maybe a, a small minor league deal or something um, could bring him back and let him compete for a position. But you're really counting on a lot. Like Luis Sessa um, finished the year in the rotation. He'll get a chance to do it again. But otherwise, it's just a lot of young guys. I mean, Brandon Williamson at AAA, Levi Stout, a guy they acquired in another trade or both those guys were in trades. Andrew Abbott, a guy who uh, took a step forward this year, finished the year in AA. Uh, Christian Roa, another guy who finished the year in A. Maybe those guys can take a step forward early in the season. Uh, maybe one of them has a super strong spring and earns a spot out of camp. Um, but you're kind of just kind of waiting for those guys to kind of fill in. I mean, you, you don't look at Chase Anderson or Louis Sessa as guys that are two, three years down the line are going to be in your rotation.
2: And uh, Michael Lorenzo should get his chance to start next year, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, it felt like ten years in a row. He was Maybe God. next year is going
0: to get his chance to start.
2: <laughs> anyway, um, and speaking of those guys, if, if Ken Griffey Jr. is still making money, I want to see him get some plate appearances. But uh, yeah, I mean three three point six million dollars still. He's still got a couple
0: more years on that. I mean, why can't we get him in there just take a swing or two? You know what I mean? Put him on the bench. Let him let, just let him DH. Be I bet he's got a few good cuts here. Put on a little beef, but we can do a little off-season workout to get him back out there.
1: And they still owe uh, Cassiano two more million because he had a deferred salary during the pandemic. So he'll stay. He'll still make a couple million dollars next year from the Reds. He's winning
2: playoff games right now, for sure. Uh, no, they're losing. Well, yeah, right now. But last night, he had a good game. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, maybe that's – Are you? <laughs> I, I mean, I see you on Twitter doing it. Are you uh doing any reporting on or doing a story on the Reds that started the year this year with the Reds and are playing in the playoffs now? Anything like
1: that? you keeping my eyes on it, um, especially the Mariners. I mean, if the Mariners keep doing something, maybe that'll turn into a story. But, um, you know, Gino Suarez, back to his old self, Luis Castillo dominating kind of like everyone thought he would. Um, unfortunately, Jesse Winker's hurt, but, you know, great to see Suarez and Castillo kind of holding it down and, advancing in the playoffs
2: especially castillo god i love watching that game. i love
1: pitch. watching oh. him
0: pitch he reminds me so much of johnny It's not even funny. i think it's just the
2: hair to be honest with you and the change up
0: and the change <laughs> uh
2: anyway yeah the uh, so the 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 outfield has been all over the place for the last few years it seems like between injuries and uh, you know, Aristides Aquino is up and down. Sometimes he's great. Sometimes he can't, you know, can't get on the field. Um, Nick Senzel still kind of don't really know exactly what to expect from him. Is there – I mean, Jake Fraley had a good year. If you guys had decent years, Where do you see the outfield specifically looking like going into next year?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the biggest blank slate. Um, I think Fraley will start. Um, especially against right-handed pitching, TJ a- Friedel probably gets an opportunity. Nick Zell's probably your starting center fielder as of right now. Um, and, and he's got to hit better. I mean, that's that's not a long-term thing. Um, he did take some ground balls at the end of the year, so I mean, I know they're looking at him as like maybe a super utility guy if he can't if he doesn't start hitting. Um, but go, the current roster, the way it is, I mean, I, I, I don't see anyone that's a better center fielder than him in terms of overall package. Because um, if he hits, I mean, his potential is still higher than a lot of guys. Stuart Fairchild, maybe. Um, Aquino, as you mentioned, I mean, he's up and down. I, I don't know if he'll survive the offseason. Um, I I, I can see him being kind of an offseason casualty. Just, he, he hasn't hit. Giving, they gave him a lot of playing time at the end. You know, it's, he, he had stretches, but it wasn't consistent at all. He,
0: he, he just, he did what he's done. It's exactly why they released him. Before, but they had room to to give him another chance, so he got another chance. But I mean, it was just a whole lot more insane, in my opinion, yeah. of him. I mean, I gotta admit though, this has been the least amount of Reds baseball I've ever watched in my life this year. Which is, that's, I mean, that it was hard to watch a lot of baseball. I listened to a lot. I had it on the radio in the background, but I didn't. I didn't have it on the TV
2: nearly nearly as much as I wanted. Yeah, are you – I mean, I, you probably can't say this, but are you – in September, are you dreading going into the ballpark every day? It's like anybody else's job, right?
0: I mean, we there are days we dread going in. I feel like that's okay. I mean, it's it can be tough to go into the same thing and watch him lose, but at least he gets to go and see really good players for the other team play on a daily
1: basis. I mean, they were still like – like the starting pitching was still good at the end um like even chase anderson had a good september it was just they couldn't hit and i think that was the part where it was just like especially when they got to the bottom of the order when it was like barrero chucky robinson austin romine whatever backup catcher you want michael Siani struggled for a while spencer steer struggled for a while so then it was like five six seven eight nine it was just like okay there's it, it felt like pitchers hitting it like it was almost like okay if they get a hit that's a that's a good thing like you, you weren't expecting hits um and that, that was kind of the unfortunate thing.
0: If Barrero, tell me if I'm wrong, but from the little I watched of this kid all year, especially at the end of the year, they can just figure out a way. I mean, it could be like Aquino. He can only hit a fastball. But if you can figure out a way to get that kid to recognize and stay in on a on an off-speed pitch, that kid could be really good. But then again, you can say the same thing about Aquino. If a Kino could hit anything off speed, he'd be amazing. I feel like everybody figured him out after his first week, and it was, the, it was just the end for him. And I felt bad for him because he probably didn't need to be in the majors at that point, but there was no else for him to go. I mean, might as well. Everybody else is there. What, what, how many guys – I don't even know what my question is with that. I just – it's so frustrating to watch a kid that has that much talent that probably shouldn't be at that level yet, I guess this is my question. Is it hurting some of these kids by getting pushed up into the major leagues too early and maybe maybe bringing their confidence down and things like that? Is, could this possibly be hurting some of these guys?
1: I mean, I'm sure it could be a factor. You know, every guy wants to be in the majors, though. Um, and it, it, I, I think Barrero and Aquino are two different guys. Like, Aquino came out of nowhere. Um, well, I'm, I mean, I'm just saying comparing the way they hit the fastball
0: and cannot hit a break.
1: Yeah, I mean, but Barrero hit 300 in AAA last year. Um, he was their minor league player of the year in 2021. So it wasn't like this has always been a thing where I feel like Aquino, it's like, okay, he's that's the one weakness he's had since he came up is he can't hit that pitch. Barrero was hitting last year. Now, I don't know if he was just hitting only fastballs in the minor leagues, but to hit 300 in the minor leagues, I'd assume you have to hit some sliders and he wasn't striking out as much as he was. Um but he's also 24 years old. I, th- I, th- I think that gets forgotten a lot. Um, it'll be a big spring for him next year. I mean, Ellie De La Cruz will be in camp. Matt McClain will be in camp. Noeve Marte, another top prospect, and shortstop will be in camp. So it's like he's going to be in camp with all these shortstops that are younger than him or the same age and being like, okay, if you don't play better, these guys are coming for your spot. And I, so I, I'll be curious to see how he comes out in spring just because that'll be the big internal challenge. I mean, if he struggles in the spring – you might have to become center fielder. or you might have to change positions. Um, Cause if I guarantee one of those shortstops is going to shine in spring next year, it's just a matter of who. I'd love to see it.
0: I'd love to see a couple of these guys really shine, really shine and give, give us re- an opportunity to root for these guys. I mean, I'd be happy with 70 wins. You know what I mean? At this point in time next year, let's just get a little better, but there's, there's a lot of good prospects. We'll keep the glass half full. A lot of good prospects. Two years from now, uh, a guy like Kyle Farmer, I believe that would be his last year of arbitration, or maybe he would be in free agency at that point in time. I don't know exactly how it works. Let's say two years from now, the Reds start getting a little better. Is he a casualty of this team, or as, as a fan favorite as he's become, does he? do they figure out a way to keep that dude around for a
1: while? Probably depends on what the roster is. I mean, if you're asking him to play shortstop, which he was for the first half of the season, you're willing to pay, you know, 5 million plus dollars for that. If you're asking him to be a utility player with a lot of young guys around him, yeah, you could probably find another bench guy that's cheaper and can do some of the things he does. Um, so I, I think that probably plays the biggest part into it. Um, obviously they love having him team leader, good shortstop, um, good clubhouse presence, but, um, you know, at some point it'll be about production in terms of does he fit with this group or not?
0: And he can play third. I mean, he, he, Mustakis isn't going to, I mean, they already showed that they don't care if Mustakis is making $16 million a year or not. They don't, he's not going to play. So it's going to be awkward next year. Hopefully he steps up in spring training and, and, you know, really works on whatever he needs to work on and becomes a little bit better. But, I
1: mean, why can't Farmer be a third baseman of the future for this? Thing? I mean, could be. I mean, I, I don't know, third baseman of the future, just because I think he's 32, 31 or 32 right now. So you're looking yeah. at 30, 34, you know, in a couple of years when other guys around him are going to be 24, 25. Um, so, I mean, I, mean, he, he, I could. There's cert, certainly like the third baseman in the next few years. I just don't know long-term, like, He's not going to be around as long as Jonathan India, Tyler Stevenson, those guys.
2: Jose Burrow will be the third baseman by then. <laughs> Burrow, yeah.
0: So, uh, speaking of Tyler Stevenson, uh, with all the injuries and, and everything that this poor kid has had to endure over the last couple of years, is he the first baseman of the future for this team?
1: I still like him at catcher. Um, uh, he's
0: a great catcher. He's a great – he really developed as a catcher over the last two years. But with the injuries that keep
1: coming up, can can they keep him back there? See, I I think they're all freak injuries, though. Like, it wasn't like, if he has more concussions, that's the one thing that would make me, okay, another concussion move him to first base. But a broken collarbone on a foul ball, that's bad luck. A broken finger on a foul ball or broken thumb, I think he had, bad luck. Um, The concussion he had came from Luke Voigt running into him. Um, you know, it wasn't like he got hit by a foul ball and that um, gave him a concussion. So I, I, I still feel like there's still something there. I mean, if he, if he as him at catcher, he's probably one of top five hitting catchers in baseball. Um, if he played a full season, if he was healthy, um, did what he did, does what he does in the lineup right now. You move him to first base, he doesn't hit for a ton of power. I mean, he's talking about a guy who gets 15 homers a year. Maybe he hits 300 at first base, but that's like Sean Casey. That's not sure. You're talking about a top five catcher in baseball versus Sean Casey. I mean, I, w- I would take the catcher.
2: Yeah. I take Sean Casey over everybody forever. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. No, I, yeah, that, I guess
0: that makes sense. Uh, where his productivity is, what suits better at the catcher's position. His best
2: values, I can, as 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 a
1: good hitter,
2: right?
1: Yeah. I mean, if you hit for more power, that would that'd be the thing that changed my mind, but like, Like Joey Votto in his best seasons is hitting 30 homers. If Tyler Stevenson isn't hitting 30 homers, he's not going to get on base like Joey Votto does. Like you're already talking about a a guy who's lower on lower value there.
2: Okay, so the the hardest thing I had, the hardest part I had keeping up with with this team all year was what seemed like a revolving door in the bullpen. The names that came out sometimes, I I I check. I check your Twitter during a game or something, and it would say so and so it came in. I'm like, I have never heard this guy's name in my life, and I try to keep up with the Reds. But um, I mean, I, are there? I, it seems like there are a bunch of injuries there too, with guys possibly coming back next year, with with like Lucas Sims and TJ Anton and guys like that. Um, are there? Is there anybody that's like? solid like the like definitely coming back in the bullpen is this a wipe everybody out and start over i guess alexis diaz probably would be a guy but yeah. anybody else who's like definitely this guy is gonna be in the bullpen because he's you know valuable there
1: yeah i mean diaz for sure um that'd be he should be the closer i think in the future um especially with seeing his brother i mean i i think the bloodlines there that translate you, you saw him in big moments. He didn't feel the pressure. Um, and Antone will be back. I mean, he's been throwing. Uh, Lucas Sims, Tony Santillon, so that makes four. Um, you know, not, not all those guys coming back from injuries are going to be their old selves, I'm sure. I mean, just kind of the nature of the beast. Um, Buck Farmer, he finished the year strong. I, I, I think he probably has a role next year. Uh, trying to think who else. I mean the, the, that's probably the main five I would think, and then you kind of build around that group.
2: Yeah, and maybe if Luis Sessa doesn't get a starting role, maybe some somebody like him. It's in
1: there. Yeah, for sure. Yep.
2: So, uh,
0: what? Who, who's what's your favorite? There's a lot of good names, right? Buck Farmer, the one guy, whatever his name is, Dwight or something like that. What's the what's the 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 best name on the red? When you're writing a story, you want that that guy comes in the game. You're like. Please do something good so I can continue to write in about him.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think now. Uh,
0: I love Buck Farmer. I feel like that (laughs) dude just, he belongs either at first, third, or that big, giant reliever that comes in. You know what I mean? That's odd. I
1: I like the Ian Jabot name, like Jabot, like the the Cajun. Yes. You, you, You don't see that a ton.
0: Yes, that's good. That's good. Funniest beat writer. Funniest beat rider while you guys are all up there sitting around?
1: Uh, c Trent's probably the most quick-witted, I would say. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. I saw him. He, he was with uh, Vado at the Elder Muller game a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there you go. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a similar question to that. Uh, Fun question. I, I'll take care, care of this. What else? Yeah. What do you got there?
0: But it's it's like everyone
1: has their own, everyone has their own roles. Like Mark Sheldon's, like the pop culture king, Charlie yeah. Goldsmith's. Like, like he makes me feel I, I'm only thirty one, and he makes me feel like I'm fifty. Just like the kid references he makes, and it's like, oh wow, this kid's how way younger than he? all like a different generation than all of us. So how,
0: how old is he?
1: I think twenty four, maybe. Wow.
0: Holy cow. Man. Jeez, he does make you sound you are old compared <laughs> to You are old. Speaking of old, hey, how is uh so uh little one, uh sleeping through the night yet? Yeah, mm-hmm. Nice. Uh hasn't done any of the fun stuff. You'll still get to see first steps and all that over the next couple months, right? You'll be in you'll be in town at home for all the fun stuff.
1: Yeah, stay at home dad basically from here on out.
0: <laughs> nice. That's so awesome, dude. Congratulations. Yeah. That is going to be so much fun, so you, a lot of time that you can uh, recoup from your time being on the being on the road here recently.
1: Yeah, and I, like you mentioned, you hopefully see the first first just you know first steps, first words, all that type of stuff. She's crawling, but other than yeah. that, kind of waiting for everything else to hit the fan and break Dude, the house and everything.
0: Once they start crawling, man, that that's oh boy, they start getting quick. You got to be you got to have your eyes out then. It's easy when they aren't crawling. You just sit them somewhere and know they don't move. If, if they start crawling, it gets bad. The first word
2: is Castellini, or are you going
0: to
1: be really a- <laughs> <laughs> Vato. First, first words, where are you going to go? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Where are you going to go? Yeah, speaking of that, I mean, I, I was never all that upset really about that, but a lot of people were, and so losing 100 games, I feel like, a lot of fan, and by the way, uh, lowest attendance in great American ballpark history, right, uh, for, for a season. Makes sense, 100 losses, but also a lot of fans in the beginning of this season, because of that comment on opening day, were like, I'm done. This They just traded everybody away. They obviously don't care about winning. They don't care about us because he's saying deal with it, basically. Um, I mean, what, what are the Reds? gonna have to do to get people back in the ballpark. Bring Ken Griffey Jr. in.
1: <laughs> I mean I mean now it's just win. Um I, I think that's the only way. I mean I, I know everyone kind of rips the Castellinis, like you know worse owners and all that yada yada. But like the Bengals kind of showed I mean you they went to the Super Bowl, everyone was wearing Bengals gear. I mean it turned into a Bengals town pretty quickly. If you win people will come back um is everything. It's everything. But, that's all people care. That's what it's all about. But short of that, I mean, I like—I don't think anyone cares about a rebuild anymore. Like, Ellie De La Cruz, if he lives up to the hype, he'll be a lot of fun to watch. Um, just a different type of athlete than everybody else. Um, so, I mean, I think people will start tuning in for that. Hunter Green will be hopefully really good. Nick Lodolo, those guys. Um, but until you start winning, I, you know, I don't—I don't see attendance skyrocketing up until that happens. Yeah,
2: and if people aren't coming, is is payroll just going to continue to decrease? I mean, is that, is that kind of the cycle? Like you don't get fans because you're not winning because you're rebuilding. So you don't have money to spend next year. Uh, That money's all TV money.
0: Oh, I mean, 90, how much, what's the percentage of of TV money that goes to your roster? That's what 80%, 90% of your roster comes from that TV deals.
1: Yeah. And we'll see, that's the, that's the big, like, uh, like, I don't know what the word is, but like the big, elephant in the room is like Bally sports the the parent company of that could go bankrupt and if that happens who knows what happens with the fees they pay to the teams and how much you know millions get funneled to the teams through that so that's it, I, I don't think it'll happen this offseason but it's something that teams are very aware of and like okay if that happens and we lose a significant amount of money how can we handle that um and it's not just the reds i mean that's I think 15 or 20 teams, so something something to watch.
0: Go back to Fox Sports. Go back to Fox Sports Ohio, and everybody that has any streaming device uh, will be the happiest people in the world. Again.
2: Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't get to see any games at home because I did not have Valley sports. I log into my dad's login, so yeah, that's the only way actually, I can get it. I think you're right about the TV stuff, but isn't that what Phil Castellini was kind of talking, or or whoever's? handling, making those comments about why the payroll is decreasing because of what they lost in the pandemic when there was nobody there or, you know, reduced seating or whatever. I mean, isn't that, wasn't that what they were saying? Like, this is why we have to, why we have to come down because fans weren't here.
1: I mean, they did. I mean, they they said they lost, I think, 40 or 50 million during the 2020 season. And then, probably less than that in 2021, but still probably a loss. And then you look at record low attendance. I'm sure that doesn't help matters, but at some point, I mean, it's on ownership to kind of break the cycle. Right. I mean, um, when you're in a rebuild, I don't think you have to have a payroll. That's 150 million. I mean, you're waiting for your prospects to come up. That's kind of the reality of it. Obviously you'd love to sign for agents, but the ultimate matter is you're building around this, this group of young players. Um, at some point you have to let them kind of take the reins. Uh, But that's the big question. I mean, when those guys are up and there are holes on the roster, will they spend, will they sign the free agents necessary to, you know, if you need a fifth starter, will they sign a fifth starter? If you need an outfielder, will they sign a starting outfielder? Um, I I understand fans that are skeptical because they really haven't shown um, anything different in recent years. I mean, they, they went all in in 2020. The pandemic hit yeah, I, and they retreated immediately and three years later you're in another rebuild. So um unfortunately I mean, that, that's just kind of the reality.
0: That just goes to show they're they're nervous about their money, right? I mean any small, small market team, you know, when you decide to go all in, that's kind of your moment, right? You see Tampa Bay does it every few years and 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 all a lot of teams do that, right? So I I feel like 2020 they went after some key free agents. They, they did what they needed to do to try to make that their year. And, you know, uh, bad luck happened and they lost a bunch of money the next year and all the other stuff with COVID. So I don't feel like they're not, I don't feel like I don't trust them to when it's time, spend money. I think they'll spend it when it's time. I think they're going to wait until it is like right on the fringe of being time. We're not going to do it early. But I, I, don't, I don't not trust them, personally, I don't think.
1: I mean, I think the last, the last time, like 2020, the rebuild wasn't going well. And it was like, okay, let's trade prospects and let's sign for agents and just trying to win that way and kind of short circuit the whole thing. And I think that's what kind of screwed them up. I mean, you look at basically the core they have. I mean, um, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, Jonathan India, those guys are still from the last rebuild. I mean, their first-round picks, top-ten picks. Um, you know, those are guys that should have been helping the 2020, you know, you keep the 2020 team there, kind of, kind of keep building off of it. And those guys come up on their own and kind of help supplement the whole thing. Instead, they tore it down. So, I mean, that's where the lack of trust is, is when you do another tear down. But, um, you know, if, if you're going to stick to me, it's like, you, you try to short circuit it, you try to do all these different things. If you want to do a rebuild, stick to the re like, just stick to one plan now. I think that's the most important thing versus keep doing – to me it doesn't make sense to sign eight free agents this offseason to high salaries and then you end up losing money and then blowing it up again.
0: I, yeah, I agree. I'm with you on that. It didn't make sense to sign the few that they signed before this past season. When you, mean, they, you mean Mike Miner? Yeah. say his
2: name. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's exactly right. And you get rid of uh, – uh, uh, who did they not sign? Was it mali Malley. And then they turn around and you know could they could and they pay another guy seven million dollars or twelve million dollars or whatever it was. And it's like I
2: don't those things don't make sense to me. But that's and and so besides that they let a couple of the assistant coaches go and then they said David Bell's safe for another year, right? Yep. I mean, is there anything is did Delino de Shields not coach first base? Well, I mean why? why why did they let those guys go and i mean i have no pro- i i don't care if david bells here or not the, the, this team is what it. it's going to be i think um but is there any i mean normally you lose 100 games the manager's out right well, david, david, out. but but david
0: bells going to be here until they turn around once they turn around he's gone and they'll hire a somebody else to That's coach a better team yeah they're not i mean david i feel like david bells just here because because he's just spot to fill. What's the point of hiring somebody new when you're this bad now, and you know you're going to be that bad next year? What's the point of hiring a coach now? That's my. I'm sorry. Yeah, the question was for you, not for me. <laughs> I
1: mean, I mean, the like. Speaking of Delino, like he's the infield and base running coach. The infield was infield defense was terrible this year. Base running, they haven't been a good base running team. Part of that's who's on the roster, but they haven't been a good base running team for years either. Um, so I think it's just different voices trying to see what works. David Bell's in the last year of his contract coming up next year anyway. Um, and it, it's almost like, okay, you, you're not going to have a great roster underneath you, uh, you know, show if you can get the most out of these young guys. And that'll be the chance to determine whether he's the manager of the future for a while, or if next year might be his last year. So yeah. Um, I think that's what it comes down to is one, the team's going to look a lot different. I mean, you're going to have a lot of young guys. It's less about managing 31 year olds trying to win a world series versus 24 year olds trying to get used to playing in the major leagues and having success and their first time up. So um, I, I think not that priority shift, but I, I think it's a different style of coaching. 100%. Yeah, I agree with that.
0: Speaking of infield being terrible, uh, is this a fluke year for Jonathan India? Is this that, you know, that that noted sophomore slump that these guys have? He, I, I think I read something you wrote, he's like the second worst defender at second base in Major League Baseball.
1: Yeah. I mean, just not a good year for him defensively. Um, our arm isn't great and range isn't great. Um, you know, it's it's one of those, if he comes into camp next year, great shape. Um, it's not like he, he's young enough to kind of reverse that, um, and improve defensively, but it's one of those concerning things. I mean, if he keeps struggling at second base, I mean, you kind of almost have to find a different position for him, especially there's no, um, you know, less extreme shifts next year. You can only have guys on the infield dirt and two guys on each side of second base. So that's going to make range more important. It's going to make throwing more important. So you're, you're going to have to have more athletes in the infield. Um, so he's, he, that's an area where he has to improve.
0: How do you feel about uh, the, the, about the
1: shift rule going into effect next year? I mean, I think you had to do it I, in a perfect world. I think you say, okay, hitters, just figure out how to hit the opposite way and wait till it cycles through. But at some point, I mean, you, at some point it's just, it's hard to watch left-handed hitters ground out to guys in shallow right field every time. I mean, it's just, at some point, you have to create more action. I know pitchers I hate it, here, but
0: I I get it. But as a listen, I'm a I am one of the like baseball peers, guys. I hate seven inning uh, double headers. I hate your your ding dong standing on second base just because it's extra innings. You did not. You know, what he did was made the last out. Congratulations, you made the last out. I'm going to reward you with putting you on second base. You get a double and head. you get a run scored if you score. You can go oh for six not have a walk or hit by pitch and have a run score. It's ridiculous. Besides, that's gone, which makes me happy, right? That's not coming back next year.
1: I don't think so, no. Right.
0: no. But if I am a manager and I know that this guy is going to hit a ground ball to this spot if I threw this pitch, this count, I can put somebody there to make – I can I can maneuver my defense. That's. I don't understand why guys can't use the shift thing. It's not slowing down the game. And in any way, by the time they throw the ball around, they're back at their position. I don't understand why that is something that everybody is so up in arms about.
1: Well, you, you want offense, right? Like you, you feel like guys are striking out too much. you like well, that's, that's
0: not causing anybody to strike. Your shift isn't causing anyone to strike. Isn't causing them to strike out too much.
1: But it right? is. Like-
0: trying to change their approach at the plate. Okay, okay.
1: Like, like Joey Votto, he often says, "Like the guy in shallow right field, if you hit a ball on the ground that direction, almost ninety percent of the time is an out now. Even if you smoke it into shallow right field, which used to be a hit, you know, for the first ten years of his career, now it's an out. So if you can't hit it on the ground, you have to hit start hitting it in the air. So you're starting to swing for homers naturally. And if you're going to do that, you're going to strike out more. You have to change your approach." Um, And a lot of left-handed hitters have to do that when they, if they're pull heavy, have the shift guys on them. So um, I I think that's the biggest part. I mean, I think you're going to see lefties get more hits next year. Um, And if runs go up, that's kind of what baseball wants. I mean, that's what every sport wants. That's what football does. I mean, every rule change is geared towards the offense in the NFL, NBA, band zone defenses. I mean, kind of every sport is geared towards helping the offense. And this is kind of baseball step towards doing that. Uh, so how much
0: do you get? You never really get to, I guess you don't ever listen to the Reds games ever because you're out of every game. So this question may not mean anything to you and you may not have an answer, but is Joey Votto the next, uh, in game, what do you want to call it? Broadcaster for the Cincinnati Reds.
1: If he wanted to do it, who would say no? I, but I didn't, I didn't listen to every game he was on, but a few, he, he was, he was good. I thought he did a great job. Were you ever in the booth with him at the same time? No, no. no.
0: Who asked better questions? Uh, Brantley or, or? Uh, I don't even know. Yeah, I, I, man, I wanted to call him Marty Brennan. What's his name? I can't even remember. That's how little I watched this year. John, Jim, whatever his name is. Tommy Thrall. Tommy, there you go. Tommy.
1: Cowboys are, it's just different. Like, Tommy's more, you know, he's a play-by-play announcer he has gone through the minor leagues, came up that way, but Brantley just has that different, he watches the game differently. I mean, just his observations are different, former closer, uh, former Major League pitcher, but he's so on it, like he he predicts things, um, you know, he's like, watch this, if he throws him a slider here, he's going to get in trouble, and the guy homers off a slider. Um, just really good at picking those things up that I think, um, you know, it, it made him a successful pitcher, and it's just... Other people don't see the the game the way he does.
0: I do enjoy I do enjoy listening to him. But I'll tell you what, talk about it. Somebody that would be good at that is Joey Votto because there's nobody that sees the game like Joey Votto sees the
1: game. Yeah, if you wanted to, I just all the money he's made in his career. I don't I don't know if he. – I think he likes being the the guy who shows up and does it versus you have yeah. to be here every day, um, yeah. at a certain time. I I think he's a great like spot starter.
2: Yeah. Speaking of that, let me let me ask you this. Do you feel like he would have been valued? Now he made a lot of appearances doing stuff. He, it was nice that he walked around the stadium the one game and talked to fans and everything. But he was, you know, he was in the booth sometimes. He what he was doing other stuff. He was out doing other stuff sometimes. Is it is it wouldn't he be more valuable in the dugout, in the clubhouse with those guys every day? Especially with the, the young, young kids. Guys. Yeah. I mean, I, I felt like there was a little bit of it's cool to see him getting out and enjoying the end of his career doing different stuff. But I also feel like he he could provide some value just
1: by being there talking to guys. But it's also part of like when you're hurt, you're like not to say you're not part of the team anymore, but it's like you're not you're not around anymore. You're not your role your role diminishes. I mean, not saying he couldn't. He's still in the clubhouse before games and after games. He could still talk to guys. Um, Whenever he wanted I mean talked about on the broadcast not like he can't go down and say the same thing to guys afterwards um, but it's just like most guys when they're hurt you know if they're not rehabbing in Arizona if they're still with the team it's just like they're not to, to me it's kind of diminished um, just because like you're not truly in there you're not paying attention as hard as you are if you're on in, in the game you know competing at bat to at bat Gotcha.
0: Well, Joey Votto, fantastic career. Uh how cool was it to get to see Albert Pujols? Did you did you get to interview Pujols or anything like that in his last little round through? Did you get to talk to to Mr. Pujols?
1: No, I didn't. Yeah, I wish I would have, but um I did get to see I think 698 in uh Busch Stadium and that was that was That's probably awesome. one of the that was one of the coolest moments of the year. I mean just the crowd was going nuts that entire um, that last weekend – that last weekend series in St. Louis. Like, Sandy ovation for every at-bat. Um, it was pretty cool to see. Yeah, I, I,
2: I'll be honest. I was kind of rooting for the, for the Cardinals in the playoffs. I just wanted to see those guys get as
0: lot I picked them to win the World Series just so I can see Alvin Pools get one more – one more World Series. I mean, I hate
2: the Cardinals, but you can't not love Alvin Pools. Yeah. And not, <laughs> you can't not respect Yadier Molina, too. I mean, it's both those guys – Deserve a, deserve a lot of respect, but, um, last thing, last thing, last thing, did you get a chance Bobby to figure out your, uh, four favorite Disney songs?
1: I did. Yeah.
2: Uh, Yes. all right. So you, you've got a young daughter, so you
0: probably don't know any of the new stuff, right? So I expect yours to be a lot of nineties, uh, a lot of 90s references early 2000s maybe coming out of you do you want to start us off Mr Nightingale oh by the way which we haven't said this entire time uh Bobby Nightingale jr on Twitter right or is it just Nightingale I can't think. what's your Nightingale, Twitter
1: Nightingale. Nightingale jr
0: yep at Nightingale jr great follow any every reds fan should be following this guy do you have a blue check mark yet I do I don't thanks for bull- the
1: inquire yep
0: just, 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 gotta say, just gotta say, we've got, we've got a couple guests that have blue check marks over here. To, that's in those blue sports podcast. That's, that's my claim to fame now.
1: The blue check podcast.
0: Yes, the blue check podcast. I like that. That's gonna be good. You can only be a guest if you've got a blue check. I like that. Uh, anyway, so go ahead. So your, your you're, you're, you're young child probably had, you haven't started watching any Disney yet. You obviously watched some as a kid. What is your Mount Rushmore of Disney songs?
1: So this is it's a, it's a song I've heard, but I heard the song before I saw the movie. Uh, let it go.
0: Oh, nice! So you're in for the Let It Go. That's very new. That's that's uh, relatively
1: new. I'll do uh, Circle of Life in Lion King. Um, you know the opening. You know where where uh, Simba's. You know on the on the hill. Yeah.
0: Hold the baby up, yeah, yep. I love that.
1: Um, A whole new world, Aladdin. Ah,
0: Man, that's my favorite. That's my all-time favorite Disney movie. Is Aladdin? Mine too. Is it? Wow. We uh, we ended up getting a second VHS of Aladdin because we watched it so much (laughs) that we wore it out and we couldn't watch it. I don't know if you know what a VHS is, Bobby, or not. Um, I'm not that
1: young. Come on, this
0: big tape. I'm just kidding. it's this big take
2: (laughs) take.
1: and then my last one also lion king uh, hakuna matata
2: oh i like it
0: i like it all right so here's the deal. so i'm gonna go next because i'm gonna jump off his last one hakuna matata on the list love hakuna matata uh my favorite song i don't even know what it's called but the Prince Ali song that that uh, Robin Williams sings in Aladdin—that's my number one Aladdin song. I love that wow. song. Prince Ali, Ali, Ali. <laughs> um, I knew we would get in this thing. Oh, I guarantee it. Yep. <laughs> what do we got here? So I've got Akunwatsada. Uh, I can't even read my own handwriting. Um, okay, so then I'm going to go with uh, Moana. I don't know if you've seen the Moana. Uh, the Rock plays Maui. And he sings this song, You're Welcome. And it is whenever I've got twin girls that are six years old, and they were, what, three or four when that came out. Oh, my gosh. So we watched it a ton. And that song would be in my head for a week afterwards. So I'm putting it on there. Gotta love the rock. And now now the rock can sing. Is there anything that man can't do? No. You're welcome <laughs> for the time. I bet he can't hit girl curveball. Mm-hmm, I don't know. Uh, and then last but not least, I'm going old school boys. Super califragilistic expialidocious. <laughs>
2: okay. I'm gonna Realistic. go back to Miss
0: <laughs> the to old Miss Mary Poppins. It was between that or a Spoonful of Sugar, which another one phenomenal song. I left that off. I love Spoonful of Sugar, helps the medicine go down. I love the circle of life, left it off. Um and I love uh what
2: was the other one? The the other lens
0: uh,
2: whole new world. You gotta love a whole new world, absolutely. And that I'll jump off of that because a whole new world is absolutely number one for me. There you go. I almost Prince Ali barely missed my list. It's number oh! five. Uh because I put um and I could even probably make it forward, but I'm going number two is. Beauty and the Beast, the song "Tale as Old as Time." Some people call the art. Oh, "Tale as Old as
0: Time." That's the. See, it's it's too slow for me. That's oh, why you know, that's a whole a, new exactly that, world. Like. That's your. That's his jam, dude. He is. Yeah. He is such a. Uh, what kind Sappy of music guy. is that? What um, kind of music is that called? Know. You know, it's it's, <laughs> it's beautiful, maybe beautiful. I like call it beautiful. Name name your top three favorite artists for Bobby right now of that kind of music. Uh, <laughs>
2: Well, of, of, just, of reason. Reason. Yeah, uh, you know uh, the slow stuff from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. Um, what I got to deal Luda with, Dross, He's uh, like sixty years old. <laughs> <years> <laughs> <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> a whole new world, uh, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, I'm going. I'm staying with Beauty and the Beast, and going be our guest. Oh, good. That's best. I love be our guest. I feel like that's the best Beauty and the Beast song. Okay, be our guest. Be our guest. Be our guest. Love. Um, and then I'm going to throw in uh, Colors of the Wind from Pocahontas. Whoa. The beautiful Once Vanessa again. Williams. Uh, i like slow on. the, Yeah, lots of slow ones in there. The colors
0: of wind. there I should be. Man, I tell you what, I missed my call. I should have been on American Idol. I'd have been the, one of the As bloopers. Judge. It would have been a blooper. I would have been <laughs> one of the bloopers on American Idol, but I could have been on American Idol. Oh lordy. All right, Bobby. Well, we've kept you up m- well later than you should ever let us keep you up for. It, and I can't <laughs> tell you how much we appreciate
2: yes,
0: every time you come on. Uh spring training is, you know, right around the corner. So uh, I don't I don't want to bug you in the offseason, but maybe spring training comes around. If you're up for it,
2: uh, we'd yeah. love to have you
0: back as always, man. Hopefully the yeah. reds are a
2: little the reds are a little better next year. Yeah, they might win, or they might only lose 97 or 98 games.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's the spirit.
2: That's, well, yeah, that's the spirit.
0: You don't no, no. no. That, this is Mr. Glass half empty all the time. He had the Bengals win three games, the last three quarters. He <laughs> had the Bengals win three games <laughs> last. That's when he picked. He picked the Bengals to win three games <laughs> last.
1: Yeah, he really did. Yeah,
0: um, really Anyway, all right, Bobby. Well, we appreciate it, my man. Thank you so much, as always. You give us so much of your time. Uh, one more time, what's the Twitter handle so everybody can follow? Me?
1: Yeah, Nightingale Jr. One question for you. Yes. Field of Dreams game.
0: Oh yes.
1: What you? What was kind of your takeaway? Like so, it?
0: I. It, it was. It was. Uh, it was a little more crowded than I was when I when we first got there place was packed right you walk in we got up we we're pretty far up in line we didn't have the vip stuff but uh made the mistake we went straight to a line to try to get some merch and those lines were long and they took a while and they ran out of a lot of the good stuff right away so that was kind of a bummer uh but the like field of dreams we've done these we've done these mount Rushmores for everything basically we're running we're it's becoming hard to find things to do anymore.
1: As well, you know, yeah. as we
0: just did Disney songs. Uh, but one of, but one of the one, it's my all time favorite movie. It's my number one favorite movie of all time. Uh, I love it. I just getting to go there with my dad was amazing. Walking into the cornfield. I got a couple stalks of corn, uh, walking out. They, they set it up. They do a really good job of setting it up. Uh, I feel like I wasn't there two years ago, but they said the pathways were a lot smaller. So they opened those up plenty of room to move around. The bleachers were a little tight. We ended up getting up actually was right underneath the, um, we had watched the last four innings from underneath the press box where you were at. So I caught you, I saw you back up there. And then I caught you on your way down. I wanted to say hi to you. Uh, But the coolest part was afterwards, the lights were on. Uh, the concert. There was a co- country concert going on. We went over and got to toss with Dad a second time under the lights. That was the coolest because wow. there wasn't a million people there. Uh, there wasn't balls flying everywhere because you got sixty-eight year old men tossing with their forty-eight year old <laughs> sons, or or eighty-year-old men tossing with their sixty-year-old sons, and balls were everywhere on the first part. Like I picked picked up a couple balls, threw them to people, and, like, just because they were – I ended up had on swivel in the beginning. But I'll tell you, the way they did it, the Griffey thing uh, was – I loved every bit of it. Just be, it, I had cold chills the entire day. I loved every bit of it. I have one question for you, though. You got to see the Griffey thing where they, they, they had him up on the – you know, they had the little kid tossing in the front. Or in the on the on the, the, the movie set field with his dad, ball goes into the corner, right? Yeah. Kid goes in after the ball, looks up, Ken Griffey Jr. is standing there. And I can't remember if Junior picked the ball, and I think the kid threw the ball to Junior. He turns around and walks away. I'm watching <laughs> this, and I'm sitting in the bleachers with we got had Reds and Cubs fans, and I went. Did Junior just steal the ball from a little kid? <laughs> and as I say that, he comes walking out with his dad out of the corn. Ah, oh, cold chills right now. Thinking oh, about
2: Adam's at home on his couch <laughs> with tears. Coming yeah, out. oh,
0: I had, te- I had sunglasses on the entire time because so I was tearing up. But there for a minute, they made it look like Junior was stealing a ball from a little kid.
1: <laughs> That's how they got the waterworks going.
0: That's you think he's did. a bad guy,
1: and then, wow, what a great guy. <laughs>
0: Set it up. And then, and then senior dropped the ball, but that's all right. It, it, he's got to get him in the chest. He didn't hit him in the chest. Got him one of them tweeners. You know? He it's was tough. the 80 year old guy talking, tossing with a 60 year old son. <laughs> <you're talking> about. <laughs> but no, it was awesome. What did you think about it? Did you get to stick around afterwards, do anything afterwards? Did you did you uh, get, to, get to take anything in before the game?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was there before the gates opened. I want to say I was there since like one o'clock. Out oh. the game was maybe six or seven, yeah. Um, so it was there kind of all day, Um, but I haven't seen the movie, so it wasn't like I still haven't seen it. So it's like one of those. wait, It didn't. It, it, it didn't. That it doesn't resonate. I know the. I know the big moments, but it's not. Uh, just, I'm not gonna lie to
0: you, Bobby. You just broke my heart. <laughs> you just broke my heart. <laughs> broke my heart. Yeah, I,
2: was well, any I just <laughs> my hat
0: fell off in the recording went back over here (laughs) bobby you grew up in a house where your dad was a baseball writer when were you born how old are you 31 31 31. so you're seven years younger than me still though oh man never have you seen bull durham
1: no
2: and the thing is, of all sports movies, baseball movies are by far the best. They've got the best. Baseball movies are by far the
0: best sports movies. What? What are? Your, what are your Are titles? you a movie guy?
1: No, oh, I love movies. It's just like that's that's my blind spot. Baseball movies. Like I haven't <laughs> I haven't seen Moneyball. Uh, I love Sandlot. Like I love the short okay. baseball okay. movies. I love. But
0: okay, got a boy. Love Sandlot, what, Rookie of the Year.
1: Yeah, rookie of the year is a good one.
0: Okay, uh, doing back all the kid baseball. Movies. That's totally fun. I'm totally at least at least he's coming back into the good. Races. What was the what was the
1: one with the? Uh, it's like a he becomes a pitcher. He goes from coach to pitcher, high school coach. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, the rookie, Texas. The rookie. Yeah.
0: Another 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 costume. Yeah. Uh, was that Dennis Quaid that did the
2: rookie? Yeah. Oh, that was a really good one though.
1: 61, um, big fan of that. Mm-hmm. For the love of the game, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I love it, but it's a good one.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah what's the one with Bernie Mac?
1: Three, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. 3000.
0: <laughs> that one's funny. Uh, what about Angels in the outfield? That's another yeah, good.
1: Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah major
0: so, League. Major League. Any of the Major Leagues?
1: Yeah, see, so yeah, like a long time ago, though. Like, I couldn't. <laughs>
0: All right, well, let me tell you, out of all those movies, if you're a movie guy and you like movies, yeah, the best movie out of all of them, by far, is Field of Dreams. <laughs> by so far. Good. It's good. I, it's not even close. They're the best, it's the it's the best movie. It's the coolest movie. Anyway, brings me to tears three times at least every time I watch it. We'll send you, <laughs> I'll send you my old VHS tape. Exactly. I actually, it makes, might be on Betamax as well.
1: If it makes you feel better, I looked at, I read the Wikipedia like synopsis before I went to the Field of Dreams game.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, so man. you've seen it. On, you're, you're
1: good. Basically, you've <laughs> seen notes. it.
0: i got the clip <laughs> of it. There you go. Oh, that's awesome. All right, Bobby. We have kept you up too late, man. Thank you. Thank you very much again for everything. Uh, at NightingaleJR on the tweet box. You can catch him on Cincinnati.com or the app, pay the money. I I don't know what it is for just the online subscription. I do, I get the whole week. Well, not the whole week. Heaven forbid they give me a Saturday paper all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) One of the few days that I can actually sit down and read the paper any time of the day and they take that paper away from me. I guess I'm just an old man. It's the only reading I do. (laughs) But if you're in Santee, get on the Enquirer, check them out.
1: As always, man, we appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Hopefully talk to you guys soon.
0: Absolutely, man. Thanks, Thanks
2: again. Bobby. See you. See you, buddy. All right. Bobby Nightingale, there it is. Uh, oh, yeah, we're
0: uh, strapping in. Uh, now we're ready to go for the second half. Second half, here we go. All right, so uh apologize if the, if the audio is a little off. I've already screwed this up and it won't have uh, and it won't have Bobby on there. So out on that. And hopefully that the hopefully the the um, what do we do this on Zoom? Zoom Zoom picked our voices up clear enough. Obviously, he could hear us. So it must have worked there. But now we've got the microphones plugged back in. So you're probably turning your volume down now because it just got so much louder. I have no idea if this is even working because our uh, producer slash tech guy didn't make it in today into
2: work. No call, no call, no show. How about eh, that?
0: Yeah. I feel like that's the uh, third time in a row. 200, 200th time. What are we on now? 213. 213. 213. It's a little more than that, but we're just going to make that the official number because the old, the original stuff that we did there for a while, we'll just call that uh, a wash. This is number 214. Number 214. First off, I'd like to say, Adam Schmidt, congratulations on 213. 200 and,
2: this 13 is two, and a half.
0: 213 successful podcasts.
2: And the, the jury's still out on this one.
0: Yes, jury's still out on this one. So we'll find out. I mean, Bobby was on it, so it's going to be great. I'm interested to hear what's it going took, on.
2: It took 213 for this microphone to fall off. <laughs> did it just? Did your mic just fall off? Just sliding off. That's all right. Here, I'll I'll fix that. You get us into the next segment. All right. So we are good. Thank you again to Bobby. Uh, love having him on. We are gonna jump in to we're gonna do two segments at one time to save some time here. And uh, but it's still gonna be just as much fun as we always have, and that is the Reese's segment where we taste a Reese's product and rate it and talk about it, and pretty soon. The folks at Reese's are going to be sending us all of their products, I would assume, uh, so that we can get the rest of them. <laughs> we I mean, may
0: already be done with all their products. But
2: can, I, can I tell you this? Been uh, traveling the
0: last couple of days throughout the country, uh, actually just through two states, uh, three states, actually, Ohio, Kentucky, and West Virginia. Uh, and, Many gas stations on my way through stop at a lot of places. Cause I like to get out and stretch the old legs, buy water, do whatever. My all time favorite Reese's is the outrageous bar. Mm-hmm. Can't find it anywhere. I'm telling you, the think- nut just everywhere. I don't even know if we've had that on the
2: show yet. Outrageous nowhere to be found. That's crazy. Uh, but I, I think, I mean, there are some things that are like more regional I'll bet there are Reese's products in other parts of the country that we haven't even seen yet. I'm so excited for that. Uh, and I'm going to drive. I mean, I'll drive to, I'll drive to South Dakota. I'll drive to North Dakota. I'll drive to Wyoming. I'll drive wherever I need to to pick these things up. I'll drive to Hawaii. (laughs) I'll drive to, uh, China. I'll drive to
0: Australia. I'll drive, I think that's as far as it gets, isn't it? To it's not on the complete exact opposite side of the world as us,
2: maybe. Yeah, I'll drive to I mean, the
0: toilets flush the opposite way.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll drive to Antarctica yeah. and, then, and then I'll shoot over to Alaska. Good for you, you win. Uh, no, I think you went farther actually, but uh, anyway, our let's Reese's this week, let's do it. I'm very excited because I already have oh. an idea about what I'm gonna rate this thing. Because I've had 10 zillions. I'm so glad you did this because this
0: is what I was going to do. The Reese's Pumpkin. Love the pumpkin. I've already had about 15 of these already. I can Uh, tell you exactly what it is right now. I can tell you what it is. So the Reese's Pumpkin, uh, and this is the the chocolate with the peanut butter inside in the shape of a pumpkin uh, with a little bit out for the pumpkin face. Uh, Milk chocolate and peanut butter. Adam Schmidt, you killed it. On this one, my friend.
2: Thank you. Uh, it's easy to kill it with Reese's, but um, I mean, is it a pumpkin or is it a? Did it melt? This is no. Not like the last one I had uh, looked like an actual pumpkin. This just looks like a Reese's bar turd. Yeah, uh, it's all right. I'm still gonna still gonna enjoy <laughs> every the best, second of it. Best turd I've ever had. Uh, so okay. I mean, jumping right in. You know the rules. You know, you first know. bite first impression what's
0: so. your first impression
2: me? Oh, yeah you me, me. You, you me. um the ratio we usually talk about the ratio of peanut butter to chocolate chocolate to peanut butter is a uh, big cup-esque in this not exactly the same but it's there's more peanut butter in this than the regular r- peanut butter cup mm-hmm. and to me that and then there's no other frills besides that there's no peanuts there's no caramel. There's no any any of the other stuff. Nope. It's it's the classic chocolate and peanut butter and there's more peanut butter than normal in this thing. And for that, this is a 9.9. Uh, 9.8. Nine, I'm going 9.8 just because I think I gave
0: the outrageous bar a 10 and I gave the the big couple of Reese's a 9.9. Nine, so I'm just putting this a uh, touch under it. 9.8. Doesn't get any better. You know my favorite part about like christmas uh christmas reese's or uh halloween reese's or easter reese's is they're fresh and when you go to the store they're always like they just they're a little fresher like the the chocolate's a little better the the peanut butter
2: is just a little mushier it's oh my god they're seasonal they're gonna make them per season so good now sometimes you can find the You might find the Reese's egg year round now, I feel like, but similar to this, similar to the pumpkin and there's really nothing better. Well done on that. Well done on that, my friend. I thank you. All right. So that was quick. We can jump now into NFL picks. Chris, last week was week five and for the, um, for the second week in a row, mm-hmm. you were 2-1. and one. Yeah, baby. Daddy's on a roll. What did I tell
0: you, too? What I what did I say on this podcast about Dallas? Take Dallas on the money line. I don't care how many points they're getting. I said it last week. Take Dallas on the money line. They dub, they dub up on the Rams. I'm just telling you, I was
2: feeling good.
0: They feeling play,
2: fantastic. I think they play another tough team this week again, so we'll see if you go uh, with them again. Now. You went to 1 last week. I, however, went 3 and 0. Oh and 3. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: that brings
2: my record on the year to 2 and 10. <laughs> Adam Schmidt
0: once again absolutely killing the Pickums. Am I over 500 now? You're at 5 and 7 now. I'm 5 and so I haven't made it to 500. So I've got I've got to go. I need a 3 back. Well, I need a three-bagger just to catch you. I'll be eight and seven and if I get a three-bagger.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, but you're trending in the right direction, and I am. Uh, <clears throat> I am a pathetic pile of, uh, you know, horse biscuits. There you go. I've never had horse biscuits. Adam, wow, so let's good. go. Put a little butter on them and put. It... Yeah. I'm, All right. I'm week six. Week let's six. go
0: into week six. Let's make the picks. Adam, you start us off. Okay. It's week six. You're behind. You're currently three games behind um, this week. What, what, and this is coming off the ESPN app um, on Wednesday before the games because we record on Wednesday. No rhyme or reason why we do it, but that's what, that's just the first thing that pops up. Uh, that's first, that's the first way we did it a few years ago.
2: And that's how we're going to continue. Adam Schmidt, what are your picks? San Francisco 49ers are a five and a half point favorite at Atlanta. I'm gonna go ahead. I think the I think the Niners are good. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and pick the Niners. Not going the with the road, the road dog on that one, huh? Um no, they are a road favorite. It's in Atlanta.
0: Or the home dog, sorry. Home, home dog, home right, dog's is what
2: here. I meant to say. Yeah, so going 49ers there. Minnesota is a three and a half point favorite in Miami. Miami is now starting their rookie third-string quarterback because Teddy Bridgewater is now out as well. Uh, I think uh, I I got Minnesota. I got Minnesota uh, beating them by probably 60 or 70. Arizona is a three-point favorite at Seattle. I'm taking – this is where I'm taking the home dog. I'm going to take Seattle in that game.
0: Gotcha, home. Um, All right, I as, like as it. A three point Geno, huh?
2: Big Gino fan. Yeah, yeah, huge Gino fan. Yeah,
0: let's go, Geno Smith. Isn't he? He's still quarterbacking for the Seahawks, correct? <laughs> I
2: sure, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah All right, yeah, so
0: yeah. that brings it on to me. First off, best game, best game by far is the four twenty five game this Sunday, Bills Chiefs. Both teams four and one. Both teams playing great football uh actually did the chiefs lost last week didn't they when did they lose their when did they lose their first okay. game no they won because travis kelsey scored four touchdowns oh that was yeah that's right Monday night. which we'll talk about they won 30 to 29 travis kelsey had a killer game and Devonte adams tried to kill a cameraman as he left um <laughs> so we may talk about that later maybe not we'll find out how this goes i on the other hand have to pick three games Going into this. So uh, the, you know what? I'm going into that. We're, we're in, we're in Kansas city for that game, Buffalo minus two and a half. I am going to take the home dog. I am taking Kansas city plus two and a half. I feel like a field goal to win by one is uh, what the bills are going to end up doing. And the bills are going to win this game by one but I'm going to take the Chiefs plus the two-and-a-half. Cowboys-Eagles, you got the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the last undefeated team in football in the Philadelphia Eagles, and Jalen Hurts at home against a Cowboys team who may have the best defense I've ever seen. Uh, Maybe not ever seen. That's a total lie. But Michael Parsons is insane. Uh, And and this Rush kid or whatever his name is, I'm not going to mess with that game. Uh, just talk about it for a second, but we do have the Rams and Panthers. The Rams have looked not up to par, mm-hmm. they're at home now. I'd say t- I, I'm not a big fan of double digit spreads, but let's go. I mean, the Panthers are that bad, so Rams minus 10. Let's let's jump on that bad boy. Wow. Um, and you don't like that game?
2: I got a no, wow I, out I'm, of you. No, I'm just saying the uh, 10 point spread is oh,
0: yeah, yeah, it's quite a bit. Uh, how about Saints bangles I mean, one and a half points for the for the Bengals in, in New Orleans. I guess at this point in time, we don't we're not a hundred percent sure if Jameis Winston will be back or if Andy Dalton will be at the helm. Um, and to be honest, I don't know if either of those are good or bad. Um, I got to find the one of my thousand teams that have Jameis Winston on it. Well, Andy Dalton is fine. We know that. Right. Yeah. He's except fine. For, He's fine. Right, He's fine. We, we know that. <laughs> and but if Andy Dalton is the quarterback, then get Taysom Hill because he'll score six touchdowns like he just did last time. Uh, limited in practice today. So he was practicing. Jameis was practicing. Uh, could change things. The Saints are not a bad team. This is going to be a tough game for our Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I, you know, I'm not a big fan of doing Bengals games when we take these when we do these picks. So uh, let's keep it moving and keep it rocking and keep it rolling. Chargers, Broncos, let's jump on this game. Chargers minus four and a half against the Broncos. Uh, Justin Herbert hasn't been exactly himself this year, but I'm gonna take the home team in this one as well. I think the Broncos are pretty bad. Russell Westbrook does usually find a way to stay in games. Um, but I'm gonna go Chargers. I think they win by five and I cover by a half a point. Did you say the spread was five and a half? Four and a half. Four and a half. Chargers minus four and a half. We're gonna go. Uh I took the Rams minus ten. And then I took uh and then I took the Chiefs plus two and a half. That's right. All right. Good calls there. We'll find out. You may have just bounce back right there, buddy. Uh, you may have just bounce back. Not sure how I feel about the whole thing, uh, but that's that. So that's our picks for next week, um, and we'll find out how everything goes from there. And Adam, what's next on the list for the Nosebleed Sports Podcast to talk about?
2: I I, I was I started planning this whole NBA preview day for us. But we had an opportunity to have Bobby Nightingale on, so I I bump everything for that hundred percent. Um, we will talk. So opening night will be the night before we record our next podcast, most likely. So, uh, it'll still be it'll be a day into the season. So we we will talk plenty of NBA next week. There'll be a lot of teams that will have one win that'll that'll really sway how I feel about the season. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Lakers play that first night, so we'll see how you feel about them um I'm, I'm i'm so sorry to interrupt you but before we get into what we're about to talk about
0: yeah. uh because once we get into it everybody will know what i think when you watched when you watched on the netflix nick kroll which is our comedy special which will be out later on after this when it popped up afterwards did it tell when did you watch it was it yesterday Yes. Did it? Did it say anything? Did anything strike, pique your interest? uh,
2: That popped up for the afterwards things. The pre, like the three previews. Yeah. Um, trying to think of what they wore. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Redeem team was the first one. Me and Parker watched Redeem team. Probably shouldn't have watched it with Parker. A lot of f
0: bombs, but I really wanted him to understand. Like, I still don't know if it worked. He's poor guy's. You know, he's only in fourth grade, but. I really wanted him to understand what kind of work it takes and like how, how, like when you put that much work in and how, how, how the, the how losing and then coming back and, 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 and finally breaking through, like I wanted him to feel all that. So we watched it today. I was,
2: I um, watched it today. Did you watch it today too?
0: (laughs) I watched it today and I was, It was awesome. I thought it was great. Coach K is awesome. I never realized Coach K dropped as many F-bombs as he does. It's
2: every other word out of that man's mouth is an F-bomb when he's talking to the team. Every other word. And I was disappointed because it's not like, like if if somebody gets really upset about something and drops F-bomb, like, okay. His word pointless. (laughs) Pointless. I'm like, all the time when I hear people talk, I'm like, you don't, why are you saying You don't yeah, need that many. Is, like, yeah. I'll
0: drop an F-bomb here and there, and it happens. I mean, but this it, dude was like, it was like he was purposely
2: trying to throw some F-bombs in. Like purposely. he wanted to be cool or something, I yeah. guess. I don't know, but to relate. J, J.J. Redick has, you know, he, he has his podcast, and he said a few times he's, he uh, he talked about one specific story where he, he, Coach K was really mad at them in practice one day or something, and uh, he told everybody to get, I get the F out of his face or get uh, something about something about, I don't know, F we yeah. called him F faces or something. Yeah. I, f- I forget what it was, but he he's told that story a bunch of times. Uh, but yeah, I, I you actually got to hear it from the man's mouth. Yeah,
0: 100%. But it was really cool. You know, the coolest part was we're sitting there and we're watching it. And then uh, it was 2007 when Kobe came in. Yeah. And uh, Kobe's talking on the day they they're interviewing kobe about this stuff right like all these interviews with carmelo you can tell are brand new they're very fresh uh just happened within probably within the last year and and dwayne wade and lebron james and uh carlos boozer who randomly was outside like chilling in miami it looked like or something
2: which is a total carlos boozer move anyway son is one of the best high school basketball players in the country by the way
0: nice so uh that being said uh Kobe comes on and Parker's sitting there and he goes, "Oh my god!" and he smiles and I was like, "What?" and he's like, for like a second, I fr- I thought Kobe wasn't dead. Oh. <laughs> and then uh, when when they come down with the little girl, and he goes, "Man, how old do you think she was?" Like she was like twelve when she died, but I th-
2: uh, I don't think that was Gigi though,
1: right? Gigi I think was, was his the oldest. Yeah.
2: Well, the oldest is walking. Gigi was the uh, youngest, right? No, she's the if she, second oldest, I think. If
0: she's the middle child, then it was Gigi. She was holding that because it was yeah, the, it she. They had one bigger one than they only. He only had two at the time, I think. So, so then that was. Gigi. It looked like her, but I don't know. You know, kids yeah. look alike. Yeah. So that was really cool, and, and Parker knew that that's who that was too, and like, you know. So there's that. I feel like uh, it's there, but man, I really loved. Like I loved it. I thought it was awesome.
2: Yeah. I I loved all the Kobe stuff, especially when they were talking about the guys were talking about how, how much he was like, he didn't have, I think it was Bill Plash. He was saying like, we laughed when he said something about his NBA friends because everybody knows he doesn't doesn't have have friends. friends.
0: And that's because you think about Kobe, like, well, well, the, the latest we know of Kobe, right. The fanfare, how many people were there for everything for him and talk about him and how, you know, all the greatness of him and all that. And then you go back and you think about it and like, Man, when when uh, when the whole deal went down, uh, when he was cheating on his wife in Colorado rehabbing and he was going back and forth during finals games, you know, flying from court or, you know, for for the lady that said he raped her or whatever, back and forth. And then like like people didn't like him and he didn't make it a point to try to get any better. Like there was a, there really was. And, and I believe he said. Uh, what Plasky or however you say a guy's name, what he said was like, it was like a turning point in his career. Like you, nobody knew which way this, this story was going to go at the time. Yeah. And this really was the beginning of that next Kobe, where, where you got to see that LeBron Kobe. Cause I remember when that was going on all afterwards, they would always show the, the stuff about LeBron digging on how old he was. They were always like, it was always LeBron making fun of how old Kobe was all the time on that trip. And when they were out there at the Olympics and I just remember that being a big thing. So, yeah. So it's so cool to see him in a different, you know, that that's what is, is that what changed? Is that where things started
2: getting different? I mean, he, he was never different.
0: I mean, he still was as far Kobe. as Kobe.
2: Yeah. I, I don't know about some people never liked him at all. Some like, I didn't like him early in his career, loved him by the end of his career. Um, but as far as some of the relationships he had with other guys in the league, I think that changed a lot. Yeah. And it was so cool, the the, the stories about how everybody went out except him the one night. Oh, They're walking in at, like, 5 a.m. And he's walking out I'm to go look, to the gym. I'm looking at Parker like, pay attention. Pay attention. Look, this is what I'm talking about. This was you pay to. and, and I a, Parker don't care. Yeah. <laughs> he's not paying attention to that. He's the only one leaving at – 5 o'clock in the morning, whatever, to go to the gym. Yeah.
0: They all get back at 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, and they see Kobe in the in the elevator, and he's going
2: to go work out. And a week later, everybody's going How out cool there is at 5 o'clock in the morning. Well, except Carmelo. Carmelo. <laughs> Carmelo straight said, look, man, that's way too early, man. Hey, <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I I mean, I got down there, but it wasn't 4.30 in the morning. It was like 6.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I, I love those stories about Kobe. It's You know, that's why he – wasn't friends with people yeah it's the he, he's he it told was. a story a bunch of times about how his same thing with the lakers one of the young lakers teams or whatever they were all trying to get him to go out he's like okay i'll go out with you guys one night he said but if i do you have to get up with me and work out in the morning yeah and he said they went out and they got home they got home at whatever 2 two thirty 30 in the morning or something like that and at like four thirty, he was knocking on everybody's door to that. go yeah right. to to what y'all, y'all
0: want to do let's go <laughs> I mean, you hear about that. I mean, LeBron has had that where you know they they show LeBron and he's sitting at a sitting somewhere, and then they you know he's he's tweeting out in the gym at a certain you know different time in the morning. Le- Michael was the one though. Michael was the one that that's where this comes stems from. For Kobe was Michael, right? I mean, Mike was just known. Nobody like no, There was a lot, not a lot of people in the league that liked Michael Jordan at the time. Yeah, in the league. In the league, I mean, people outside people were huge fans of him. I mean, everybody was fans of Kobe, too. Uh, I just loved every second of it, man.
2: That was it was it was un, it was unbelievable, dude. So, yeah, cool. very, very cool. Um, and I th- there was one part that I just started when every when they won and all went over to Doug Collins. Wasn't that cool? Oh my god, I didn't know I never realized
0: oh. all that. I didn't realize. Doug Collins. I didn't remember that either. I don't even remember that story. They just randomly put three seconds on the oh yeah. The yeah, that, that story from was it 72, I think. 72, 76, something like that. Something yeah. like 72 that. 72 yeah. would have been. No, that that was was 76, because 80 would have been the next one. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I guess it could have been 72. That's another four years,
2: too. So yeah, it was one of those. Yeah. So yeah, that that's a that's one of the one of those, I don't know, sort of sort of famous Olympic stories, but it, it's you don't, I, I like, I never heard it from. I didn't even realize Doug Collins was on the team. I never heard it from much his less shot the free throw that one would have won them the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, that, that whole thing was cool. <clears throat> yeah, the Redeem Team uh documentary on Netflix. Check it out if you're a basketball fan. Um, but sticking with basketball before we get to the other Netflix thing, one thing training camps are going on now, preseason games are going on. Uh, in the NBA and something happened. Look, we see stuff like this sometimes and we see stuff, especially like in football training camps, for whatever reason, the first part of the season for people, guys are ornery or something. I don't know what happens, but maybe they realize like, oh my God, this is going to be five months that I'm not going to see my family much. or I don't know what happens with people, but guys get into it. On their own teams, sometimes, and that happened in the uh, in the Golden State Warriors, the the world champion Golden State Warriors, uh, practice the other day, and everybody's probably seen it by now. But Draymond Green and Jordan Poole got into it. They didn't just get into it. Draymond Green threw a haymaker at him and connected, and Jordan Poole got dropped. He got dropped. Uh, what was weird is the beginning of the video didn't even look like they were really getting into it. it did, I couldn't even really tell that they were talking to each other. I mean, you know that they're talking to each other now, but yeah, I mean, just looked like
0: Draymond was walking around running his mouth like,
2: like Draymond does. It looked like he was like, he walked over to the corner, like for the next play or whatever. And Jordan pool was out of bounds, like yeah. not even in the, not even in the play. But Draymond sort of starts walking over to Jordan Poole, and then he walks all the way into and bumps into him. Chet, you know, yep. sticking his chest out and everything, and he bumps him. Jordan Poole pushes him away. Draymond lunges forward. There <laughs> a big Cox Superman Cox. punch, and, and uh, yeah, and uh, and like you said, Jordan Poole went down, and uh, people, you know, went over and helped him up, and
0: split the fight up all that yeah stuff.
2: so and by the way i think draymond was trying to go after him after that too he was oh, hundred hundred percent look like he was throwing a set he was trying to throw another punch yeah uh like he wanted to beat him up
0: never heard the crazy thing i haven't heard what the argument was about yeah i don't know the the leak came out and he's all pissed off that it got leaked out well guess what it's gonna get, i mean here's this but you the, can i tell you the my favorite part of the video yeah, what's that? obviously the play stopped, right? Nothing's going on. You can see Steph Curry standing there back to Draymond Green. His back is to Draymond Green just standing there. How many of those guys are going, oh, my God, just shut up so we can get the next play going, shut <laughs> up. Yeah. Just shut up.
1: I'll and bet that happens
0: sudden, all the time. About, boom. Yeah. Why do you think that happens
2: all the time, Adam? Would it be remarks that came from the coach later on? no because draymond green is constantly talking um and sometimes gets himself in trouble and sometimes goes too far but it's calculated. you know he said he's probably the most calculating person he thinks in the nba he He thinks thinks so uh but look he's got a ton of value i think he's really important to that team i really do absolutely uh now A lot of people think he's absolute garbage. He had like maybe his worst year. He did have his worst year of his career, I think, last year. He's also getting old. He is. But he does a lot of good things for you. He also gets himself in trouble. He's also gotten himself suspended at important times in playoff games. He, He has gotten suspended for too many technicals. He gets, and then he has this. Sometimes he gets into this victim thing, like everybody's out to get me, like Rasheed Wallace used to be, where it's like, don't don't every, everybody's like he, going after me to give me technicals more than anybody else. Guess what? You put the target on your own back,
0: brother. You put the target on your own back. It, it, it's the same with Rasheed. Stop swinging at people. Stop pushing people. Stop stop in- antagonizing everyone, and they're not gonna look at you that way but once you get that listen I mean these referees don't want a game to get out of hand that's the last thing they want and if you are known for being someone who can make a game get out of hand guess
2: what you got a target on your back now
0: but you did that to yourself yeah absolutely you are not a victim
2: and and so what he did to Jordan he you know uh, I don't know if he really went completely out but he punched Jordan Poole and it looked really bad you got knocked up and it did and it was so bad see here's the thing so many different people and i'm just looking at people in the league and and who used to play in the league and even in other sports too everybody a lot of people chimed in on that and some guys were like even some guys that surprised me were like this is the worst thing ever draymond should be should be prosecuted people were saying like Ah, come on i know but which, by the way, we're, we won't even talk about the Monty Adams thing, but holy cow. <laughs> anyway, uh, so some people were like, this is assault. This is even like athletes. Some athletes are saying this. And uh, and then some guys are like, what are you guys talking about? This ha- stuff happens all the time. Who cares? It's nothing. Mm-hmm. It will be gone tomorrow. It was not gone tomorrow because he had to take a leave from the team for yeah. a few days. He is coming back tomorrow, I believe, I saw, But He had to be gone for most of this week. And, you know, guys have been asked. Of course, Steve Kerr is going to be asked about it. Steve Kerr, probably the most
0: notable person to ever get punched in a practice by a teammate.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I I think it was a bench guy. It didn't matter, but uh, that punched him. Um, But but anyway, you know, and also one of the most notable guys to support his guys. He is, Mm -hmm. he. you will never hear him talk about one of his players and say anything that wouldn't support them for the most part, normally he was, he he will say when he's disappointed. Sure. But he he is, is, he is honest. Yes. Now he, I'm sure he still supports Draymond green as a person, but he was asked something about trust, something about with all the stuff that's happened with Draymond, Can he be trusted? Do you guys trust Draymond? Or is there a trust issue there with Draymond? And his response was, no comment. Which means – Which says a lot to
0: me. He answered the question by saying it, right? That means no. It means no, we can't. We know we can't. We haven't been able to trust him since he kicked Stephen Adams. What's his name? Yeah. Stephen. Did I get the first name right? He kicked Stephen Adams, yeah. Wow. Since he kicked Stephen Adams in the the Twiggy and my second favorite player in the league yeah so ever since ever since then and then he ends up getting himself suspended for the finals for a game like that's that because of too many technicals and that during that playoffs that those are the things like no you can't trust him then like i don't feel like you've been able to trust him since then and he's gone off many more times since
2: yeah that's right uh, so this is a really bad look now. I mean, a lot of people are talking about, he's not going to, he, he will be gone before the end of the season. He's going to get traded. He's going to get released something. And it, it's really weird to see the mix of what people think about this. Yeah, it, Cause people are on totally opposite. So ends what's your thoughts on
0: it? let's hear yours.
2: I, I think it's, uh, here we go. You're not going to be, you're not going to be surprised by this it's one, of but things. I think it's both. I think it's, see, I think it's both. I do think stuff like that happens, and I also think it should never happen. Sure. It's that far. Guys get into it all the time. Uh, throwing a punch, going after a guy, and trying to fight him and beat him up for real, mm-hmm. that's that's too far. Whatever you're talking about, I don't care what the other guy said. That's too far.
0: It, I mean, it had to be something about basketball. You would And think, it looked like Jordan Poole, wasn't even saying anything at that point in time pool was done with what they were obviously in an argument something happened in the play right he was done draymond wasn't done Trevor. draymond got in his face and that's when pool pushed him. and when he pushed him that's what set him over the edge
2: come on you antagonized every single second of that not only did he get get in his face he like bumped him with his chest he ran into him yeah and then Draymond, Draymond's mom is like because a lot of people were saying. Now I don't know if it qualifies as a sucker punch or not because he's standing in front of nah, it. I don't think
0: that's a sucker punch. I yeah. mean, you look once you once that bump hits and you're face to face, there is no sucker punch at that point in time. If you don't see it, I feel like that's when you that's a sucker punch.
2: Okay, yeah. Uh, so, but people are calling it that, and then I think Draymond's mom was on Twitter saying it was not a sucker punch. He. And some other people were like almost coming to Draymond's defense saying Jordan Poole pushed him. He would have never gotten hit if he didn't push him. What?
0: That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. What?
2: That's dumber than somebody saying it's a sucker punch. I
1: agree. I I
0: could almost argue the sucker punch thing because it's in a basketball practice and nobody is expecting that to happen. Right. So, but I could argue that easier than I could argue that if Jordan, Jordan, is Jordan Poole's fault that he got punched? No, that Draymond Green,
2: It's Draymond was being Draymond overreacted too emotional. Yeah, it's very it's aggravating to see, and it's like I really like the Warriors. I almost uh, and it's I love watching videos of Draymond Green just talking on defense, but I'm tired of that stuff, man. I, I love that he's a playmate. He's a he's a point. He's a Power forward, point, point guard. Forward. Well,
0: yeah, I mean, he's a he's a six foot two power forward, but he's
2: well, yeah, I mean, so was Charles Barkley, but I mean, he really is. No, he's not anything like Charles Barkley. Never mind. No. But he's a d- totally different player. But because he's a much more of a facil- facilitator yeah. than anything else, and a defender and a facilitator, mm-hmm. and that's great. That's a coach's dream and a teammate's dream. But man. You got to get control of your mouth. You got to get control of your emotions a little bit better than
0: that. Yeah. So,
2: Especially getting older, you got to get better at that. And you see all these things
0: that look like Jordan Poole and Draymond Green are are not not. It doesn't ever. It doesn't look like last year they did, they hated each other, right? There's tons of pictures of them giving fives and smiling and, and you know doing the finger tugs because that's the new handshake now. You got to like play with each other's fingers. Have you noticed that all the new handshakes all these guys have? They like do these little finger pulls. Like they get, it, it's getting a little too frilly for me. Let's just Man. get back to the old school. You know what I mean? Let's five it out. Do a little kid and play kick if you want, but stop like fingering each other's fingers. <laughs> that sounded terrible, but that seems like what they're doing. Anyway, <laughs> besides the point. Um, so it seems like they're that they're cool. So this that that is what tells me this is even more of a Draymond exploding over something that he didn't need to be exploding
2: over. I'd love to hear the dialogue. I want to I want to know though we'll never hear that full story. No. And by the way, I kind of agree like something needs to happen to whoever leaked that because that's a that's a video production team for that for the Warriors, I'm pretty sure. Like I, somebody gave that it shouldn't have gotten out. I mean, you might get a story But it shouldn't. That shouldn't have gotten out. So, so here's my thing. Like everybody kind of talks about, like, oh
0: man, Draymond punched. You know, the story comes out, and everybody's talking about it. But it really became a story, just like everything else, when you see the video. When you see, it's dude. When you hear a story, it's not the same. It's just like the Ray Rice thing, or, or you know, the uh, whatever the other guy for Dally. Like when that video comes out, or when pictures come out, stuff like that comes out all of a sudden things get real. Like a story, somebody telling you something, there's always a little bit of, yeah, okay, well, what went down? And then you see it and you're like, bro,
2: that ain't that ain't right. So you know that? I want to see the video of uh, Ben Gordon. You remember Ben Gordon, uh, UConn, and played for the Bulls and a bunch of teams in the NBA, uh, arrested in the airport for punching his 10-year-old son. Closed fist punching his 10-year-old son. What? Yeah. Uh, and which apparently he already, the, the son had a restraining order on to begin with, but I guess he was with him still somehow in the airport. I don't know if he's picking him up or taking him somewhere. I don't know. Little, uh, the point guard, Ben
0: Gordon. Ben guy. Gordon he's
2: a, yeah. He's a shooter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: Punched his 10 year old son. <laughs> punched him. I got punched a nine going right, on 10 year old son and boy, there are times I feel like it, but I ain't never <laughs> punched. him. You would never do it.
2: But uh, Ben Gordon apparently did in the airport in front of people. He don't care. <laughs> I guess yeah, My dad did it to me. My mama did it to me. Man, I'll tell you what. Uh, <laughs> that was bad. And then Devontae Adams um, stabbed a camera guy or something like that or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, he pushed him over and it was a horrible thing to do. But the guy pressed you. Charges. Oh, I haven't heard that. Oh my God! The cameraman pressed charges pressed on Devontae Adams. Charges? Yes. For what? What? Are, what's the charge? Um, for assault, misdemeanor really? assault. Yes. Really? Um, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. He says he has a uh, whiplash, a concussion, and a headache. And and he, I mean, I don't. Maybe his, maybe the fall was a lot worse. Maybe the camera equipment made it a lot worse, or something like that. But I mean, he got pushed down legitimately. And it was a horrible thing. I mean, it was so stupid of Devontae Adams to do that. But, I mean, a guy pushes me. A guy pushes me. Jack, I guess if, if I'm if really I'm,
0: hurt, If I'm a cameraman
2: at an NFL game and
0: team just lost by one and their star receiver got, what, two passes or something, did like nothing in the game. He cut a touchdown pass. Oh, I don't know what he did, but it, he was frustrated, right? He in was his- frustrated and you walk directly in front of him as he's leaving, you, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say that. I mean, it, but that's you know, probably going to don't walk directly in front of him as he's walking out. Here's
2: the thing. Devontae Adams is walking out. The cameraman is also walking to something else. Yeah, he crosses they're, paths, right? They, they're cross crossing path. paths. So, but who's to say? He should be careful and not get in his way when they're both I'm, walking. This I'm way.
0: telling you, the the big bed, testosterone filled guy who just lost a one point game, is the one that I gotta. If I'm looking. I'm not getting in.
2: I'm sure. letting that dude walk. You might. I'm you not might Be aware of that, especially you. You know you're crossing the tunnel and people are coming. You. He should have been more aware of of who. I'm who not was saying coming. what Devonte Adams did was right. I'm just-, I'm just. But but I mean, people are talking about well he including devonte adams like he walked right in front of me and he did but devonte adams adams also walked right in front of that guy i mean now, they, I feel they like just like devonte
0: adams has the right of away because they're at his job
2: they're at his job too but his they're both job
0: working. his job is to
2: cover his job <laughs> so they're both they're both working as a matter of oh. fact that guy's still working this guy's job is done this guy's off the clock, technically. <laughs> he's and off this the guy's clock. still yeah. still taking pictures.
0: Wide receivers off the clock. That's true. <laughs> I I don't know. I I anyway, I, I only we saw a quick screenshot it of it and just watched him push the guy out of the way. And I thought it was quite funny. I mean, I see camera guys get way worse than that before. So it's,
2: it's so weird though that it's he I mean, he's he he there's a misdemeanor assault charge. Yeah,
0: that's going to get dropped. That's crazy.
2: That'll get dropped. Devontae will throw him 10 G's and
0: I guess, get but I,
2: I mean, even then, should the guy get 10 G's for getting pushed, man? Mm-hmm. You know, here's my, you know what, though? It, actually, you know
0: what the smart thing on Devontae Adams' side would be is he's got the cash, bro. He just signed a big contract. My man has got some money. Well, he's going to get fined anyway. Sure. Well, that's fine. He can get fined. What I'm saying is he's got the money to get lawyers. So if this dude wants to press charges and I'm Devonte Adams, I'm not settling. I'm not settling. I'm going to say, all right, get your lawyer now and let's go to court. Let's go to court of this. And then I'm going to have like seven or eight. I'm going to keep doing things to where, uh, what do they call those? Where they push it off, push it off, push it off. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I know injunctions or something. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. But I would have my lawyers keep filing those. So he's got to keep paying a lawyer to show up there
2: and then pay a lawyer to show up there and then pay a lawyer to show. Yeah. Who's going to run out of money first old man. Here's the only thing that guy was a freelance photographer for ESPN. Okay. ESPN may have lawyers that they provide for that guy. He may not have to, you think ESPN is going to provide, he's a freelance. So he's W nine by ESPN.
1: He's not, he doesn't work
0: for ESPN. ESPN is not going to give him, if this dude wants to press charges, He's doing this is all on him. ESPN is not giving him nothing. Man, he doesn't maybe. work for ESPN. If it was, you know, well, uh, uh Stuart Scott. He it. It, it, no, he's working for himself. I mean, he he works for himself. He's being W9, so they're not taking time. I mean, he they he's uh, he's he's a uh uh a an outside contractor for ESPN in that moment, but there's nothing ESPN has Zero liability with that dude at all, like they're literally the only thing they're doing is paying him money,
2: they have zero to do with him outside of that. Yeah, yeah, they p Fordum him or or x-y-z. Yeah, <laughs> all right, let's get to the last thing here. Um, did we cover everything we needed to with Draymond? Sure, all right. Oh, what do you, uh, you said, what do you think? I asked, what do you think should
0: happen? And you said both. Okay. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. That was it. (laughs) I, I I mean, sounds like they all, they talk to each other and, and they're good now. I don't
2: care. Whatever. Just let them play. Yeah.
0: I say let them play. But
2: people are talking about like, you know, this is, it's too many, it's too many times now. It's, he's, he's going to really start. It was too many times
0: the first time.
2: Uh, Well, about too many times now.
0: At some point I've been talking kind of about really how he owner. is a cancer on that team for a long time. No matter how much everybody loves him and what he does for that team, I agree that what he does is is tremendous when he's on the court. But I can't he's a bully, he's a punk. Like there's nothing I there's nothing cool about Draymond Green
2: in my eyes. Okay. All right. Um so you don't listen to his podcast then. I don't listen to podcasts
0: but if I did listen to podcasts I wouldn't listen to Draymond Green's podcast. It's the most
2: important one in the world. But, in, but that's the
0: thing him. is is is, <laughs> is it's pro- that may not be bad. Like I'm not saying Draymond Green off the court is not a bad is not a bad person. Yeah. On the court he, like we've talked about he talks about it. He lets his emotions get too much of him. It's he he he, he said I believe his in his press comments I probably do let my emotions get too. No, there's no probably. You do. Which it's a good thing and a bad thing, right? Like, there's good and bad to everything. That's what gets me. And and if he was on the podcast, you know, like him and – was it him and Shaq or him and Charles Barkley a few years back where one of them basically was saying the same thing. Like, you got to stop – he's got to stop doing what you – and he came on. He said, like, you going to say what you said before about me? And he was like, yeah. Like, you're talking to Charles Barkley or Shaq, dude. They don't give three craps about you, bro. They're going to uh, still tell you exactly what they think. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, especially, Chuck. I mean – and yeah. I think that's who it was. I think it was Chuck. Yeah, and Chuck's like, for real, like, yeah, 100%. You do this, and this is what's going on. You got to stop, blah, blah, blah. And he's going, because that was when uh, his mom was tweeting at Chuck, saying oh, all yeah, kinds yeah. of stuff with Chuck, too. Yeah. And then eventually now Draymond goes on there all the time. That's now been, they work together. Yeah. yeah. That's six or seven years ago when that, or maybe even longer when all that went down. But yeah, and they get along, right? You end up talking to somebody, you know, you figure each other out. I'm sure Draymond is a very passionate, human being which can make you relatable to a lot of people because people appreciate the uh you know wearing your heart on your sleeve you know not hiding things being being that kind of person there are a lot of people that probably appreciate that but when you're when you're getting to the point where you're hitting your teammates or you are getting to the point where you're arguing with every single call with a referee way more than other people do and way more like almost physically with them and getting technicals for stuff
2: like that's it's just stupid. yeah i agree i agree all right last thing for tonight nick kroll new comedy special on netflix called little big boy uh what'd you think
0: uh i it's better than all the other stuff i've seen him do like i, I liked it i i i didn't think it was bad it, I I wrote some stuff down um in a different notepad, which is not down here, but one of my like he does a lot of the like puns like he did kept doing puns and i I like like some of them are really funny, but then towards the end of it, every time he did one, he would say one and then he would go <laughs> and hide and like do this weird walk like that was that got on my last nerve that was stupid like say your pun, it's funny, everybody laughs and then move on to the next joke. I know that's not who he is, I get it. Uh, but when he said, when he said, when he was talking about how he had to drop a deuce really bad and he was in karate and he was at resurrection school resurrection and he's a Jew, all that funny stuff that came with that, which was really good. And then he did it with all a bunch of Irish firemen or something like that yeah. was really funny as well. Uh, but when he said, when he said, and you know, when you're walking down the halls of somewhere new and you're just like looking around at all the stuff there, and it got, They got all these positive posters. (laughs) One is of Jesus and says, Hang in there. (laughs) That was I laughed. I laughed. (laughs) Hang in there. And he's like (laughs) arms out to the side. I thought that was hilarious. (laughs) That was so good. That was pretty. That was one of my that was one of my favorite ones. Uh uh. When he was talking about kids, that you know, obviously, every time somebody's talking about kids not eating, or you know, all the you know, all the funny stuff that goes with that, I like that. I, I I'll just say this: I didn't have high hopes for this going into it. Um, I wrote down score here, and I'm gonna keep it as is. It's probably way lower than what you have, because I'm sure the way you have this love affair with him, you probably got like a four five or four six. <laughs> Uh, but I did think it was good, and I did laugh. And I gotta say, at the very end, when he was talking about when he was talking about watching his wife have a kid, uh-huh. I really, really, really was expecting him to say, "And then she pooped," because when when women have babies, they always they always crap themselves. Just <laughs> is what it is. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the stories were about bubble guts, which I love bubble gut pooping in your pants stories. I think those are hilarious. I love anything that has to do with pooping or farting. You know me. I love that stuff. I've crapped my own pants driving down the road, just like Mr. Kroll's done a couple of times. Um, Seems like he has a lot. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, uh, so that was good, but I, and then, you know, he did, and then he was talking about how he gives toasts and all that stuff. When he started talking about moms and he started getting it, he got a little serious error. I really don't get into that very often. I hate that usually. And, and, and he eventually kind of at the end, kind of, said you know or you know just call her or or, you know make sure you're on your way somewhere so there's a definite cutoff i actually kind of i i actually really appreciated that that little that little stop segment you know what i mean it was uh that was kind of cool i did i i did like that and he was he was good man i I laughed quite a few times at a lot of different stuff um i gave him a 3.8 it was really good it was really good i thought it was I I would watch it again. I don't
2: know if I'd watch it again, but I would tell somebody to watch it. Yeah. Yep. That's a good call. Yep. Uh, All the jokes you mentioned, I liked myself. Um, He was talking about uh, getting his heart broken uh, and, and which everybody can relate to, but he was talking about how, you know, she wanted a certain type of guy or something. And he's not like a, he's, he's like, I don't, I don't ride motorcycles. I'm not that (laughs) kind of guy. He's like, He's like, I'd be the guy like at the very back, like <laughs> I'm not gonna make the light. <laughs> I'm gonna
0: get locked. I'm gonna get separated from the fellas. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he did the Jake, uh,
0: the cool guy Jake, and he-, he was going back and forth between cool guy Jake and the other one, that
2: was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was talking about smoking. He's like, he's like, uh, I was so good at smoking, I could blow rings. He's like, I could do all the cool <laughs> stuff about smoking. I could, I could blow, blow rings. rings. <laughs> that was good that was good <laughs> i did like the pun i love puns um anyway yes i like this a lot um i i i did i laughed i laughed a few times out loud and uh i i'll be honest like the first like minute i was like this feels like it's gonna be slow man i'm not sure i'm gonna... i was like, excited about oh, 100%. it
0: 100 the very first joke felt like it was gonna be slow it yeah. was the
2: first the first joke wasn't
0: the karate joke, was it? Did he go straight in? Uh, whatever that first part was, I did. I was like, "Here we go, man." This, he's obviously the reason he does all that wacky crap is because he can't do the stand-up comedy stuff that he's trying to do. <laughs> I did think that. In you the were there at the beginning, yeah. In the very with that very first whatever it was, yeah. yeah. And then he oh, he's talking about his dad, or what, and he was like, "And now I'm a comedian," and that's how he ended that first
1: little joke thing.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, anyway, I liked it. Overall it was good. You gave it a 3.9 I had written down three Nice, 9. we
1: were really
0: close. We were you know what 10. else I like was the the uh, the the. Uh, all right, so if you're an oldest child, you uh, know if you're if you're the oldest child, uh, let me hear you a couple or raise your hand or something like that. And very little hooing and hawing he's like look at all you guys look at all those hands up look at you guys following directions and he's like if you're the youngest child if you're the youngest child and uh let let me uh he said raise your hand and you just hear screaming he's like "Ah!" he played that so well i'm the greatest i'm the one that everybody Oh, so (laughs) i thought that part that part cracked me up if you're the middle child raise your hand no actually nobody cares nobody uh, (laughs) you know nobody cares
2: (laughs) yeah that was good uh, all right, so it's called Little Big Boy on Netflix, Nick Kroll. It was it the girlfriend. It
0: was the first girlfriend was that first joke. Was the, it? the falling in love, whatever. The first how many of you have fallen in love? Or how old were you when you first fell in love? That uh, was the very first joke. Maybe. Okay. And his was the first. And it was like, dude, that's not the best story. <laughs> getting pants. Getting yeah, pants. Yeah. 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 Yep. And his cashew is bald cashew <laughs> or something like
2: that one, Looking <laughs> eye to eye with his bald cashew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so we just have to pick a couple things. He did a week.
0: really good Jason
2: Statham, too. Yeah. I got to give yeah. it to him. He's really a voice good. guy. I mean, he yeah. does voices yeah. and he, you know, does cartoons and stuff. Anyway, there it is. You yep. need a, a comedy special for next week and a Mount Rushmore for next week. All right. Um, I, can, uh, I can hit you up with a Mount Rushmore in the spirit of uh, a couple of things we just talked about at the end of this podcast, yeah. I think we're going to go pretty sure we haven't done this yet. A Mount Rushmore of sports fights.
0: Oh, she's a piece. I know. I mean, there's one that's on there no matter what, because we are it's just most notable sports fights. Cause you obviously don't have your
2: favorite sports fight. Yeah. By the right? way, I hate fights. I hate people. Yeah. But also some of the most entertaining, Things that have ever happened in sports. I mean, you think of the Robin Ventura, Nolan Ryan. Oh, you think of
0: man. I, yeah.
2: I mean, there are so so. Uh, I mean, there are too many to choose from. But just grab, just grab four of them. Yeah, either that's most that you think about the most, or that you think are fu- the funniest, or the, the that means the most to you. Uh, I mean, Crosstown Shootout fight Absolutely. several years ago. Whatever it means to you, your four, your four top four fights. I mean you've got Jason LaRue getting kicked in the head.
0: You've got yeah, you've good. got uh 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 pimping bombs or whatever that whatever his name was Derek Dietrich, Derek
1: uh, Dietrich. oh
0: yeah trying to take on the, or the, Dietrich, puig, the taking Dietrich. On puig yeah puig uh, taking Eric on Garrett. the entire puig taking on the entire Pittsburgh that picture uh pimping nukes
2: that's what it was pimping nukes oh boy uh You know, I mean next week I think that would be a good one to talk to Tyler Roop about so I'm going to try to see if we can get, get Tyler Roop on.
0: I like it. that. I like it. Uh, All
2: right, that sounds good. So then that leaves me with a
0: net. I'm I'm going to Netflix uh because I also saw this because it was at the bottom uh of three that I thought they thought I would like, which I will like because she's one of my favorite comedians. I'm sure you saw that she's got a new one out. Eliza Schlesinger. Oh, Hot Forever okay did you know she had one i don't know if i've seen that yet yeah it just popped up when i was watching it today i don't know when it came out it says 2022 so and i definitely haven't seen it so hot forever huh? hot forever by eliza schlesinger the one of my favorite the the elder millennial was one of my favorite. oh yeah yeah that was one of my favorite ones. yeah all right cool and, and the one thing that does get on my nerve that that when she does the creature or whatever you know that's kind of weird but other
2: than that she is really funny i'll tell you i haven't seen her in a little i i feel like probably since last
0: time we watched one probably a couple years ago we watched one on this
2: yeah i mean i see clips and stuff sometimes but i i feel like there was just a boost like i saw some stuff about her a few different places maybe that's when that came out Mm -hmm. but i did for some reason i didn't pick up or i didn't i didn't see that it was she had a special output okay good good eliza schlesinger and uh sports fights and then we'll have reese's and we'll have nfl picks and uh nba we'll probably talk a lot of nba preview season look at look at a few things so we've got the mlb holy cow mlb playoffs as well we gotta we gotta update that we got some
0: we've got some packed house going on for next week so let's get some sleep because we need it because next week's gonna be a lot yeah so until then don't forget to turn your headlights on Thank you.